0: My name is Anthony Desiato. For over 10 years, I shopped, worked, and hung out at a comic book store in Westchester, New York, called Alternate Realities. It was the best after-school job a kid who loved comics could possibly ask for. More than a job, it was a clubhouse, a second home. Alternate Realities closed in 2015. But even though my comic shop is history, there's a whole world of stores out there. This season on My Comic Shop History... I am bringing those stores—the business, the culture, and the fandom—to you as I speak to retailers around the country. Be part of the journey. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This episode, my trek to comic shops across America, brings me to Pack Rat Comics, just outside Columbus, Ohio. I'm very honored to be joined by the husband and wife team who own and run Pack Rat, Jamie and Teresa Colgrove. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, Being (laughs) that you are a husband and wife team, I thought it would be appropriate to make this episode a double date. So we're also welcoming back to the show my now wife, Stephanie Desiato.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: This is actually your first time on the show since, since we got married.
1: Yes, it is, my, it's my debut as the wife.
0: That's right. And speaking of weddings, uh, that's actually the reason why we're in town and we were able to make this happen. Uh, I am in the wedding of one of my best friends from high school and his soon to be wife is from Columbus. Uh, so we're in town for the wedding. Uh, last night was the bachelor party and we are here now the morning after. You guys have the distinction of being the earliest recording in my comic shop history, history. Uh, So thank you for joining me bright and early. (laughs) You're welcome. The the
2: benefit of being in this industry is you typically... Don't start working till 11 in the morning.
3: No. 11 o'clock. This is way early for us.
0: Yeah, so I, I appreciate <laughs> you being here and, and being able to do this uh, before store hours. So Steph and I had the opportunity to come to the store yesterday just to kind of scope everything out. And we just had a great time walking around and taking it all in. And, and there's so much that I want to talk to you about uh, in terms of your store and everything you guys do. And you do a lot of events and very uh, have a strong presence on social media. And that actually brings me to, I guess, my jumping off point, the reason that um, I found out about you guys, and this is probably the way a lot of people found out about, about Pack Rat Comics. So in January of this year, you guys posted a photo on social media of you, Jamie, uh, sitting next to a stack of unclaimed comic books yes. uh, that you were left with when your reservists, the people who have pull lists with you, did not come to pick up their books. And uh, there was a sign accompanying, accompanying the, the stack of books, and it cited a figure: uh, one thousand four hundred eighty-one dollars and twenty cents. And that was the amount of stock that you were left with um, as a result of delinquent customers. And the the photo went went a bit viral. Bleeding Cool did a story
3: on it. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs>
0: um, I, so, if you don't mind, just telling me what uh, what kind of led to that? What was the impetus for that post?
2: We typically clean out delinquent customers on a pretty regular basis. Every week as we do polls, we check purchase histories, you know, who's been in, who hasn't. And um, about every three months we pull out a significant number like we did. And we just felt it was time that the consumers knew what they would leave their retailers with when they moved, when they lost their job, and didn't notify the retailer. Um, it It wasn't intended to target anyone. It was just kind of a public service announcement that, hey, your retailers do pay for this up front. They've ordered this book for you. They didn't order it for anyone else. They didn't anticipate selling it to some other customer walking in that was interested in maybe Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We bought this specifically for you. And now it's just extra inventory. Um, so Jamie said, hey, I want you to total that up and, and tell me what that is. And so I sat at our POS for a little bit and scanned it all in and got that number. and. We figured the visual mix of not just a stack of books, but the dollar amount, the stack of books, and Jamie's, you know.
3: My sad face. His
2: sad face. <laughs> kind of was a nice representation that would grab everyone's attention. And it worked, and we, again, we tried to make it a public service mm. announcement to get to your local comic shop and pick up your books. You know, let yeah. them know if you can't make it. And I think um, it hit home with a lot of retailers. We were very, we were very surprised, because we didn't expect it to go as viral as it did. No, We'd,
3: we got like, stores from all around the world that had emailed us or texted us and said, Hey, thanks for putting that out there. You know, that we have the exact same problems.
0: Were there any stores in particular that you were, you were surprised to hear from?
2: Uh, there was, there was yeah. a couple in Columbus that we were surprised that reached out and, yeah. and had said a few things. So again, it wasn't something that retailers like to talk about. It's really embarrassing. We had a few retailers that were like, Hey, I wish I had done that. And I'm like, well, there was a lot of hate that went along with that and a lot of how to run your business that went along with that. So, yeah. I would gladly have shared that with someone else.
3: <laughs> yeah, they could have done that. They could have, you know, I read every single one of those comments that uh, that people left. So uh, thank you for letting me know how terrible the job that I was doing, running my business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I spent some time in, in advance of, of our trip here. I spent some time uh, going through um, as many of your posts as I could, but that one in particular, and I went through the comments. Th- there were a number that stood out, but one in particular was from A customer I don't know if specifically a customer of yours or just a a customer generally but uh, it made me laugh he was like I really didn't understand what the pull list meant I thought it was just guaranteeing that there would be a copy for me but not that I was committed to actually buying it which is shocking to me as someone who's spent a lot of time working at a store and shopping at a store but maybe that's representative of a larger problem, this lack of, of education on, on the part of the, of the consumer. They, as you were getting at, you know, they might not realize that you order three months in advance. That comment in particular really uh, right. really struck. Do you remember that one? I do remember yeah. that one. It was very funny. <laughs> I was like, well, that guy needs educated for sure. And now that number, the, the almost $1,500 number, was that the retail value or, or cost? It was retail. That was retail value. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was really something. And uh, like I said, I know Bleeding Cool did a story on it. Um, I mean, were you surprised at just how, you know, how much it kept yeah, building? It,
3: it escalated really quickly. <laughs> uh, we did not expect that at all. I, don't, I forget who the first person that shared it. I think it was another comic shop, uh, maybe out of West Virginia, that, uh, I don't know, they re- retweeted it, and it just went super viral after that. So I was pretty excited. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So the the store where I spent most of my time uh, is Alternate Realities in Westchester, New York. The store is no more. It closed in in 2015. Um, But delinquent customers, you know, that was a problem that we faced. Uh, The owner, uh, his name is Steve, uh, quite a character. Uh, His system was, if people didn't pick up their books within a certain period of time, they were declared dead, where he would... Usually stop pulling. Sometimes he keep pulling, but their their uh, folder would get pulled from the filing cabinet. It would be placed on the side. And then eventually, if if enough time passed, they would be declared dead, dead, dead. And then that was really it. <laughs> Super dead. Really dead. Uh, there's really no. You know, if you're dead, you can kind of come back to life. But once you're dead, 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 that's pretty that's much it. it. Uh, and so at that point we would break down the file. We would make a list uh, on cardboard, (laughs) writing by hand each title and issue number and the, and the retail value. I don't quite know what he did with that information, but he, he, he had it.
3: He had it just in case that customer came back in, wanting their pull system and he goes, no, look, this cardboard piece that I have totals on. Yeah. That's why he did it. That's similar
2: to what we would do too, is if we pulled a customer, um, and they didn't respond to any email or any, you know, any requests. If they were still interested yeah. um we would make note like their last visit was on this day and we pulled this many dollars worth of books you know they're no longer a subscriber you know because they would come in like a year later expecting their comics to be on hold and we're like no we've got nothing for you you hadn't been in for 18 months what do you they,
3: they, they sometimes they don't realize they've been gone so long and they go no i was just here last month and you know you, you pull up you know their report and you know, no, you haven't been here in seven months Oh, it's been seven months. Oh, I've been here before that. Well, you didn't pick up your pool if you did. But that happens a lot. What is the, what is the
0: official policy? Do they have a certain amount of time within which they're supposed to pick they, up They it? have a month. They have a month, okay. Yep. But then you'll make arrangements if people communicate I, with yeah, you. We, yeah, we can
3: figure out their, their, their patterns. Right. So That not, was the same thing for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had kids who you know, were going away to college and so we knew they weren't gonna be around for a semester. But then when school was on break, they'd come in and they'd pick up their books. Uh, did you find after that post that any of your delinquents come back? Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> yes,
3: it was very busy the next day
0: <laughs> well good for y- I mean that had you know
3: a a couple of great
0: results it that you did. were able to raise awareness and bring- bring people back in
3: we did and then all, every week it's you know they clear out their boxes so it's it's been very good you know, yeah so you've noticed like post, it that's yes.
0: continued since then it has continued yeah. yeah oh that's excellent that's that's good to hear was there any fear i mean I know you said that you know the purpose of it wasn't to you know call people out, but is there any I mean, did you get any backlash on that front that you were sort of you know publicly shaming not individual people, but the you know customers as as a whole?
2: I don't know if if the customers felt that way, then I think they had made that mistake. Um, I think it, it it all is just how you take it. I think we talked about it yesterday, you know, looking at the negative or looking for the positive. Again, we were just doing it as a positive, hey, this goes on in the comic book industry. Get your stuff if you want it um and others you know as customers you could take it as a negative like how dare you but there's not i I have no control over how someone reacts to something like it's just here are the facts you can be upset or you can just say oh okay yeah maybe i should get my comics but i mean we're not we're not big pushers of our subscriber system. It's great, and we want people to join, but at the same time, we wait for them to establish a purchase pattern anyway before, you know, as they're coming to the store weekly or monthly, so we can kind of gauge that, oh, this person's gonna come in every month to get their pool. They're gonna come in every week. Um, So we're not, first time we see somebody, we're not out there encouraging them to join a subscription service. It's kind of a wait and see for us. What is your dedication to the comics, you know, before before we try to get you on board and and hook you with, with the subscription yeah, the service
3: subscription service
0: and from what i understand i was very interested to learn this i was on your website um because this was actually one of the things i was curious about as I'm, as I'm visiting all of these stores you know our pull list it was just a paper form that you fill out and that was it mm-hmm. um but you guys actually have a digital pull list correct we do through comiXology yes how has that been working out for you because that's something that i thought would you know i would imagine that would help this process
2: yeah. we've been using it since 2008 A lot of retailers are reluctant. Um, We have no problem with the service, other than obviously technical bug issues that happen from time to time. But it does give customers the freedom to stop pulling their books um, or to cancel their subscription and move to another store if they move. That kind of freedom, the guilt-free freedom you know, of, of yeah. changing their pulls. Um, but it also gives them the opportunity to add books that are coming out that are new releases that they hear, oh, I just read this on Bleeding Cool. I need to make sure I subscribe to this title. And they can do it at 2 o'clock in the morning without making sure we got an email or without calling us or leaving a message or something like that. So that works really well. We, we absolutely love the system. Um, we wish it could incorporate better into our Diamond POS system, but we'll take what we've got and we'll work with it and, and do the best yeah. we can. Um, we also have a paper pool subscription option on there too, so they can easily download that paper and bring it in.
3: The, the Diamond POS works; it works pretty pretty well for their um, their subscription service that they offer on that. It's not so bad, but I do like the Comixology one much much better.
0: I mean that's a great resource that's there and hopefully that will continue to grow and, and be developed and right. more stores will be able to implement it i guess sort of the last thing on this note of, of delinquent customers because this was something that you know the first season of this podcast was all about the closing of alternate realities uh so we talked about this a lot yeah, then and that was
3: a sad episode i guess
0: a yeah. uh, little bit. Yeah. The, you know what? The, the last episode, the whole first season was about it, but the last episode in particular, um, it was myself, the store's owner and, uh, a, a long time employee who, you know, I mean, we all like family and, um, it was, it got pretty emotional. There were some tears and I love yous. And it was the whole thing. Okay. It was, um, it was really sad to say goodbye to the store, honestly. Um, but it's been, you know, kind of, prompted me to do this and and now come to visit other stores as I'm searching for a new one. (laughs) But you know, the delinquent customers, this came up all the time and, you know, we would sometimes butt heads with the owner because we had, you know, some suggestions for things that he could do to possibly alleviate the delinquent customer problem. And I know that when you posted the photo you you got a lot of those similar suggestions things like, you know, requiring a deposit or paying a fee to have your your books pulled or making people prepay, keeping a credit card on file. And uh, again, like our owner, he was always opposed to that for various reasons. I was curious, though, if you don't mind sharing some of the reasons why you guys don't do that.
2: I think when you start to get to holding a customer's credit cards on file, credit cards are, you know, stolen, they're lost, they're misplaced. So they're constantly... Um, you know, new numbers and new expiration dates. So having a credit card on file, am I going to, is my customer going to constantly update their credit card information every time they get a new card? Obviously not. You know, sometimes you have bills that are automatically drafted out of your accounts that you forget about when you get your new card every four years. So then the next thing you know, your phone's turned off because it's not charged on your card anymore. So I think the credit card solution, while it sounds great in reality, isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, The security issues that we would have to undergo to keep those cards on file is a whole other compliance issue that we would have to worry about. And as a small business owner, we just don't have the time or resources to do that with credit cards. As far as a deposit, how long do you hold that deposit? You know, what is what is in good standing at the point where you return that money back to a client and then a few months later, now you're stuck with the books once you've already returned the money. So that is another, you know, what does that do kind of thing. And then as far as a, a pay service, you know, the subscription service is, is a symbiotic relationship between the retailer and the consumer in a sense that it gives us an idea on how to gauge our orders. We don't know how many people are interested in X-Men, you know, without the subscription service. If you know 30 people wanted the new X-Men gold, uh, we could take that number and, and do our little math and add the books and have books for the shelf. Um, so the subscription service is is, again, it's a symbiotic thing that works together with the consumer and the retailer, and it's beneficial. And so to penalize or add restrictions or something on the consumer end just doesn't seem like something that is a viable option as a retailer. um, We want people to come into the service naturally. We want them to come in and flow and like, oh, I really love this series. I I missed a couple issues and I don't want that to happen again because I love it so much. And that's where it becomes that habit where they want to come in and enjoy it. And it's not a bill. It's, it's, "I, I need to read that next issue. So to create this kind of prepay service or credit card takes the fun and joy out of it. So that's the risk that we'll take as the retailer to try and keep you you know enjoying it and having as much fun as possible because comics at the end of the day they're it's the most fun industry to be in I don't know I don't know how people can sit there and be negative about your job in comic books like whether you're writing them (laughs) whether you're selling them whether you're reading them whether you get to review them online that's your job like embrace that and be grateful that that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and you know, these guys have created an opportunity for thousands of people to do this for a living and to talk about it and to enjoy it in the theater. So I just, we can't do that.
0: (laughs) I also got the sense from, you know, reading some of the responses that, you know, ultimately, you know, in terms of your entire customer base, this is a relatively small portion you know, who, who are delinquent, right? Yeah, it's it's a very small portion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your enthusiasm for this, I mean, I'm I'm hearing it now and, and Jamie, I want to get, Jamie, I want to get to some of your, uh, the Facebook videos that I've been seeing, these new comic day
3: videos. I don't know who that guy is that makes those videos.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, if you don't mind describing, because I, I was going through and I saw typically on Wednesday, new comic book day, you'll post a quick, quick little video Say Every I'll
3: make a new video. Um, it's hard to do sometimes. Uh, it's really, everything is spontaneous. I will, uh, I'll wait till everybody's out of the store because i don't do it in front of people um so I'll, I'll, I'll wait till everybody's done and then um i never think of an idea i just turn the camera on and then something happens um and i make a new comic day video that's that's my process of what i how i do it
2: i think the scariest one is the clown video i don't know if you made it far no, i don't know that
0: i saw that oh no, there's a
3: scary clown where i'm like uh i murder the uh the customer Uh, In a clown costume pretty scary. I'll
1: have to check that out. We'll we'll
0: share it on the on the my comic shop history page But yeah, I mean, you know with both of you the fact that you know, you still have this passion and enthusiasm for it I mean, it's it's evident and it's great to see I want to toss it over now to uh, Mrs. Desiato (laughs) So again, we were able to spend uh, maybe about an hour in the store yesterday, and, and just kind of take everything in. And I, you know, I want to shift now and really talk about your store specifically, beyond delinquent customers and, okay. and that that business. <laughs> and Steph, when we left, I asked you, you know, what your impression was of the store and the interactions you observed between Teresa and the and the customers. Uh, so, what were your impressions of of Pack Rat yesterday?
1: So. As someone who's never read a comic book in her life, I've been to a lot of comic shops. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been quite a journey, and I've visited more comic shops in the past few years than ever before. Um, But as soon as I walked into Pack Rat, there was a positive vibe and a great energy that was welcoming, and the store is bright and organized, and it's a place where I think people would feel welcome and excited to go to pick up their new comics or back issues or trades um, so that was my overall sense and then see, getting to see Teresa in action with some of the customers was <laughs> was great that upbeat and positive again energy which you definitely seem to it comes naturally to you and I think that's also important to you so you definitely put that effort forth it seems to to really help the customers make sure everyone gets what they need and is being served so um, yeah that was my overall impression so I was very impressed. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like you knew the customers asking the kid uh, if they're happy to be out of school. And um, I think there was another, it might have been that same customer, maybe someone else who was looking to buy bags and boards and they had the, the wrong uh, combination of, of sizes and, and you helped them out. Um, and this was, you know, really just moments before closing, you know, at the end of the day. So to still have that amount of energy at that point, it's commendable. Is that typically <laughs> is that typically how you are?
2: Yeah, I think so for the most yeah. part. Um, I'm powered by Red Bull. I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get a nickel every time I say that. Um, no, I just... Back to what I said earlier. I'm absolutely grateful to be able to sell comics for a living. Um, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I love the customers. I love what we do. I don't know. Other than working at a toy store, I think um, this is probably...
3: Yeah, a toy store would be pretty great. Yeah,
2: but we, have do, amount of we, we do we do, we do work at a toy store. We do have though. a lot of toys. So. <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, generally, I like to. Just call us a comic book store.
0: Listen, you have some of those uh, vintage Power Ranger zords. Mm-hmm. You yes. don't know how tempted I am. If not for the <laughs> fact that uh, we are in the process of, of looking for a new place to live and, and packing, we're going in the direction of trying to clear our place out. Mm-hmm. That coupled with the fact that we have to fly home. If not for that, I don't know, we might be leaving with some we zords. Can we could always
3: mail it to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, the Power Rangers are, are quite tempting. Um, but yeah, it's a terrific store. The, the amount of space that you guys have is mind-boggling to me. I mean, you guys have your main floor. Do you have the approximate dimensions
3: of that that you could share? If so not, the, the main floor or the entire store? The, the uh,
0: upstairs. Either,
2: I guess. think the upstairs runs yeah. about 4,000 square feet. Yeah,
3: about, yeah, about 4,000 square feet. And the basement.
2: And the basement's about 4,000 square feet, but yeah. he cut half of it off so he could make T-shirts.
3: Yeah, one half of it's, it's um, I make custom T-shirts, mostly for myself. But I also do them for uh, comic book creators that need T shirts done,
0: but yeah, no, I mean the amount of space that you guys have to work with, and then where we 're recording right now, so <laughs> next to your main space, you have this entire gaming room, which is I think larger than alternate realities was, and you have so you have tables and chairs set up in here for uh, for your customers to come in and, and play
2: yeah this started out it was going to be when they offered a when our landlord offered it for lease, um, they knew we needed some storage. We have so much stuff at our house, and they 're like here 's this can store your stuff here. And we're like, okay, this will work. This will be great. We can get our house back. And that weekend, when we agreed to sign the lease, a friend of ours came in and said, hey, I've, my art school's lost funding. We don't have any place to teach kids that are interested in pursuing art as a career. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. He was really sad. And Jamie walks him over to the space and he's like, is this big enough? And he's just, he lit up. He said, absolutely. So the space went from a storage space to being an open, part of our store, um, which was nice because it brought the gaming tables. Cause we had a few gaming tables next door. It brought it out of the store and brought it to this, um, kind of its, it's own space, obviously. And now they can play and we go home and they lock the door when they yeah. leave. And it's really nice. Because I don't have to, you know, look at the clock and say, hey, guys, you need to wrap this turn up. I close in 20 minutes or whatever. They can just keep playing as late as they want. And it's really nice.
0: It's just striking. And and the store itself, I was really impressed. Again, everything, I mean, you're very well stocked. And everything is, again, as Steph was saying, clean and bright and well organized. And more so, I think, than other stores I've been to, I was really struck by the flow of it. Um, and I was curious if you could kind of tell me what the thought process was behind how you laid out the store, because it feels like each like each corner you turn, there's something new to discover. Like there's a section of, of pops um, in, in one area of the store, um, and there's a decent amount there, but I thought that was it. And then I went to your more of your toy section, and then there were a ton of pops. So the flow of it was, was definitely striking to me.
2: Well, we've been doing this for 24 years now and just watching customers' habits. I know that sounds ridiculous, um, but watching them walk through the store um, and to make it easy to transition from one thing to the next. I think as retailers, we had our kids early. And so we've got in the back of our mind being parents as well as comic book retailers. That kind of shifted things for us very early on in making it accessible for strollers and making it accessible for mom and, and making it accessible for grandma. Else. You know, when you walk into the front door, there's two chairs there. You know, that's not always for the girlfriend. Sometimes it's for the boyfriend or the husband that sit in the chair.
0: Or the dad. I think there was a dad. There I was a dad, yesterday. yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's it's a really nice... Yeah, the dad and his daughter that had come in. Yeah, the dad was sitting there. So, just having that different experience early on really shaped and molded how we laid out the store and then we constantly constantly stand at the front door and look
3: around and and whenever we go to a different
2: store whatever it is um, we're looking and seeing what is laid out how can we incorporate this in our store
0: well you've done a great job with it so you know it's sort of a tradition the show's called my comic shop history and typically when I bring in new guests one of the first questions I ask is you know what is your comic shop history so I know a little bit at least of Jamie's from the about section of of your (laughs) website but if you don't each mind telling me you know how you each got into this hobby in the first place
3: well, I, I got into it because of my uh, my brother's uh, collected comic books, and then my, all my uncles collected comics. And my uncle from uh, West Virginia ended up giving me his collection, or part of his collection, which was a huge uh, gold and silver age collection. I eventually lost that collection uh, in 1980, right after John Lennon died, uh, in a flood. Oh, okay. um So I lost... I don't know a zillion dollars worth of Silver Age stuff, but I kept collecting from from then on everything all the way up until um, oh shoot yesterday. <laughs> 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 That's quite the the career there. And in the beginning, where did you typically get your comics? Uh, I got them from T G M Y, is where I got my stuff at, which is a like a local junk store that they had at the time that you could buy three comics at one time, um, which I loved it. And then I. Um, would pick him up from Bill's Food Mart, which is right around the corner.
0: That's, you know, one aspect of... Um comic shop history in general that i that i'm interested in is you know we're always talking about comic shops in particular but obviously there was a time when there weren't comic shop specialty shops at all um or even when they did start you know if you weren't in an area where there were any you know you were relegated to getting them in other you know whether it's delis the newsstand Uh, i think i read you
3: got them at a gas station i'm at a gas station yeah next to the hot dogs that was that was uh (laughs) that was bill's food Mart there you go (laughs) So
0: that's something that's interesting to me and, and probably something I would try to pursue down the line a little bit is, you know, really more of like the history, the rise of, of the comic shop. Um, and then Teresa, what about yourself?
2: We used to go to a restaurant after church on Sundays and they would have Archie comics for the kids to read. And I would just, I would read it every Sunday, whatever they had there. And I enjoyed that. And then we had a gentleman came to our school a Catholic school of all things on Career Day, talking about you know his comic book business that he ran, and I mean this is in the eighties, and you're like, that's a thing.
0: Like, you know, I went to Catholic school from pre-K through college. We never had anyone come and talk to us about comics. I, so I went to the wrong Catholic you school. You sure
2: did. we sure did. Um, and then you know I met Jamie and we were dating, and um, they started selling those um, like the tops trading cards with Marvel and DC characters. And it's not that I read a lot of Marvel or DC at the time. Like I said, a lot of it was Archie. And we were going to the gas station buying these cards. and, And then there was a little shop in Hilliard that opened up and we're buying these cards. And then all of a sudden I'm reading Silver Surfer and I'm reading Fantastic Four and it was the era of image. So, you know, here's some Spawn and Savage Dragon and Valiant. And then we get married and then we're like, hey, we can do this we're stupid and young, let's, we don't have any responsibility, so we did, and it just kind of steamrolled and snowballed from there, and it's, it's been fun, and we've been very lucky.
0: That's terrific. Well, so you started with Archie. Stephanie, that was your introduction yes, to the world of comic books as well.
1: It was my, my start, getting them from the Berlin Mart in southern New Jersey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this Berlin Mart, we actually went there when we were visiting Steph's parents recently, and, because um, it's this indoor flea market, and, not the place where she got her comics, but there's now a dedicated comic book stand in yes. there.
1: There was no comic shop at the time when I was growing up, but there, now there is.
0: There is now, but we were foiled. They were closed when we got there. Oh, that's all I the, the market was open for another hour or so, but it, this, I don't know if they were closed for the day or left early. It was very disappointing, though. Next time, though. They don't like money.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think the great thing about Archie, though, <laughs> is it's such a universal comic. Um, my youngest son, he loved Archie. Like, he rem- when... He, Archie got married. He flipped out. He could not believe that he married (laughs) Veronica. Like he just went insane. And he had his little section because, again, having kids early on, we had we've always had a kids section. Um, He would always gear the kids over, like, come on over with me. I'll show you where the comics we can read are. Because as a retailer, you know, not all books are designed for kids. You'd be surprised how many parents are like, hey, they can they can read Walking Dead. They can get Deadpool. I'm like,
0: it's a a funny book. They're eight.
2: No. You look through it and you tell me if it's okay, and, and they, they do. And most of them are fine, but uh, no, my, my youngest was always very, very proactive in, in showing and encouraging the kids. Check out Archie, <laughs> check out Sonic. These are my favorite over here. Like he would grab them as soon as they walked into the store, like and just like he was a magnet. And now he's he's selling comics now in our Marysville store, so it's pretty crazy. That's right. You
0: guys have a second location. We do. Yes. We do. So that's the one that your son runs.
2: Yes, both of them do, I guess. Yeah, both of them run it. Yeah, our oldest is 21, and he graduated high school, didn't know what he wanted to do, and he's like, hey, I, I know comics, I'll do that for a while. And we were, we were cool with it. We were like, that's, that's a great idea. You don't know what you want to do. It gives you some experience kind of managing yourself, time management, kind of self-motivation, and, until you figure out what you want. And now he has. He's going to school now. But um, it's, it's, been a, it's a great opportunity for him. It's it's really exciting to watch him kind of discover what it is he wants to do without going into debt. So circling back <laughs> to
0: Pack Pac Rat, uh, you guys open '93. Yep, 1993. Um, so where where does the name come from?
3: Um, it was either uh, Pack Rat Comics or uh, I thought about Hole in the Wall Comics, but that one was that was quickly uh, thrown out the window. You know I don't I don't exactly remember how it came about but it's kind of what you do with your comic books is you pack them away so I was like we were cleaning your your parents
2: pool and you were coming up with the hole in the wall and I I, I completely said no that's that's a bad idea (laughs) Um, I said people tend to pack their comics away and it just kind of went to background. yeah oh, it's and a great have,
0: name and logo oh, i'm sorry go ahead i was
1: gonna say you have an adorable little mouse or rat logo did, <laughs> right. was that designed and drawn by you or did you uh, have originally
3: uh, i drew a different one he was uh, more of like a bodybuilder little little mouse uh, <laughs> we used him for a long time until um the space mm. that we're in now used to be a dance studio um uh, mrs peggy used to run it and she she came over to us and she said that the uh the logo scared the children So we immediately uh, had one of our out-of-work comic book creators draw us new logo. So he came up with that one, and um, it was beautiful. So that's the one we ran with.
0: Yeah, and you have an animated version of it as well, right? We do,
3: yeah. A couple of our customers have turned it into a little animation character. There's a a Pac-Man video game where somebody had taken the whole family and the mouse and turned it into uh, Pac-Man pretty cool. I don't know where it went to but it was on our old website but I don't I lost it but it's out there find it. That's really
0: cool so you know my production company is Flat Squirrel Productions and the logo is is a cartoon flat squirrel. It would be kind of cool though to have it animated actually see it get flattened (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh that might be a little more not. we, <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> have, <laughs> have <laughs> squirrels
0: no that's actually, I, that was going to be my segue um as i was going through your, your facebook post i saw that you um that you rescue squirrels and i was this was just the other day i said how perfect is this flat squirrel <laughs> is coming to pack right you guys save squirrels. it's like this is fate well right. i mean it could not be more fitting can you please tell me about how you save these squirrels
2: <laughs> um a couple of years ago some squirrel, baby squirrels, they couldn't have been more than three weeks old, had fallen from a nest in our front yard. And um, I was like, no, leave them out there. That's gross. And my husband had been telling my children since they were wee little tots about how when he was younger, he had a pet squirrel named Skippy. And so my oldest son had been dreaming of the day when he, I, I didn't know this, he'd been dreaming of the day when he would have a pet squirrel of his own. So here's his opportunity. He's like, mom, please, we got to keep it. And we, you know, go to Google and we're like, okay, you got to leave it out there for a couple of hours. Wait for mom to come back. Mom didn't come back. So we brought it in and we did the whole rescue bid and they were fall babies. So you keep them through the winter and you release them in the spring. And that's exactly what we did. It went off well. Um, The following year, somebody said, hey, I have this baby squirrel. I hear you rescue them. And I'm like okay
3: (laughs) they're so adorable they're so adorable
2: i trained them like puppies when they were in the cage in the house i would shake a little bag of nuts so they knew i was coming with the treats so when i released them outside when i shake the nuts they would come running and i swear to god it works works. (laughs) Um,
3: And, and if you have like a bag of chips like the neighbors found out they shake their bag of chips go into the car the squirrels came to their and jump on them and they freak
2: out um, so, but yeah, and, and somebody called me later and they're like, hey, I hear you rescue animals. I have this raccoon. And I said, <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: He's we, like, we took the raccoon. <laughs>
2: He's like, I'm just gonna leave it out here to die, and I'm like, you can't do that. Bring me the raccoon. I have no idea what to do with a raccoon. So we rescued this little raccoon, and she turned out to be pretty, pretty healthy and okay. Yeah. So we we fed her, and you know, we cleaned her and bathed her, got the ticks off of her, and and then we had her. I think I think just maybe a week, and we yeah. let her go, and she was fine. Well, she ran from you.
3: Yeah, we immediately let it go. We didn't want to get those whatever that parasite is that gets in your brain and eats your brain. We didn't want that. So.
2: No. We got rid Um, of that raccoon. And then we had uh, friends this uh, two months ago. They're like, hey, we cut a tree down. You rescue squirrels, right? There were squirrels in the tree. And I'm like, bring them on. (laughs) So I've had three litters of squirrels. And it's fun. It's like the best pet because they're cuddly. And then you can release them outside. And you're not cleaning up. And you don't have to feed them all the time. But then they come back to your house. And I'm like a Disney princess. I put nuts on the (laughs) windowsill. And they come to my window. And they greet me, and it's so amazing. So, if you have ever have a chance to rescue squirrels, um, they do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can rescue them, rehabilitate them, and, and release them back into the wild, and they'll be fine. This
0: is good to know. I mean, yes, despite the flat squirrel name, I, I I am a fan. I break I break for that hesitating squirrel that can't decide whether or not to try to make it across the road. Because it's true, we've all been there. We've all not always known which way to go. So we, we try to you yeah. know be kind to the to the hesitating squirrel. Steph in particular is quite the animal lover. Although if if we're doing any rescuing, I think we know what it's going to be.
1: Yes. So I I am an animal lover, especially of dogs. So do you have any household
2: pets that are more typical? (laughs) We have a pug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My sister just rescued our cat. Uh, The family just completely um, overtaken with allergies from our cat. So she took, she took our cat a couple months ago, but we still have the pug. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm, so for me, animals are outside, and they serve a purpose. So that I'm the one rescuing squirrels, I think everybody's surprised, because I'm, I'm not an animal person. Like, that's the most bizarre mix for me, I think, is, is I'm not. Dogs belong outside. Cats belong outside. You just
3: fell in love with the squirrels.
2: Is your pug an outside dog? No, he's an inside dog.
3: He's really sweet. He likes to pee on things, but he's really sweet. <laughs> I want to jump back to
0: um, <laughs> the uh, kind of your, your shop history. And, and again, from, from your website, uh, it said that you started the store, Jamie, a, a dream in his heart, a dime in his pocket,
3: and youth on his side. Correct. Is
0: it still youth a, is
2: long gone. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is it still a dream, though? It's still a dream, yeah. I You know, every day I think about opening new stores or coming to the store and just sometimes we just come in the middle of the night and just stand in the store and, and look around because... It's, it's like a dream that we have it, and we, we love it so much. And I do
2: yeah. want to I, I clarify something every time we talk about it, too, which is not on the website, and it probably should be. Um, the only person who believed in us, I mean, imagine we're 18 yeah. and 20 years old, and we go into a bank with a business plan.
3: They laughed at us. <laughs> they
2: laughed at us. I mean, we went to a couple of banks for a loan. And um, my dad, he's like, here's some money to get started. He loaned us the money to get started, and, and that's without...
3: It, it wasn't a lot of money, but... It was more than anybody else believed in us and gave us Without money.
2: Without that, we wouldn't be here today. Like, we literally would not have opened. We wouldn't have had the money. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have had um, the volunteer hours that he's put in to help us build and move and yeah. and do everything. So, like, a lot of props goes out to my dad who believed in us.
3: Yeah. Our first location we opened up was in this Randown building in London, Ohio. Um, we had to totally remodel the place. It didn't have electric or plumbing or anything. So the week that we opened the store, it, uh, the dude immediately gave us an eviction notice. So we spent all the money we got from our father-in-law, and this dude just crushed our dreams and took oh, that's it. So horrible. We, we totally moved across the street to this dump of a building <laughs> that had like a river running through the basement of it. And we opened up there, and we were there, we, we made it work. Um,
2: we were there for a couple of years we were there for and a then, years, then and somebody then bought the building somebody
3: the, the competitor on the street which owned a baseball card store wanted to expand into comic books so he wanted us out of there so he tried to buy the building so we ended up finding another building well the building we that we're in hilliard. right now we we packed up everything and we moved to, to hilliard
2: we moved next to uh, the restaurant starline diner if yes. you're familiar with hilliard there was a hill that had starline diner on it and we were there for a couple of years yep. And then they wanted to expand so our landlord said um you need to go
3: it's been terrible it was a terrible run for us yeah Yeah, you guys you need to move
2: because the restaurant wants to expand and you know you can't you can't curse a business for growing like you really cannot do that so we all right we packed up again there was my dad again helping us move take down slat wall put it back up Um, until eventually we ended up in this plaza and we've been here for almost 20 years now.
0: That's amazing. It's a little bit of a theme emerging uh, this season on the podcast. There's another store that's featured uh, Cave Comics in Connecticut, in Newtown, Connecticut, Uh, and they recently relocated. They were sharing a space with a restaurant called uh, (laughs) Burgeritoville and Burgeritoville, that is what it sounds like, (laughs) they wanted to expand and take over the entire space Um, but they actually built a new structure for the comic shop uh, right next door. But yeah, these expanding restaurants it's crazy yeah you can't be
2: you can't be no. upset for a business succeeding no. and doing well and needing to expand you can look how you
0: guys have expanded yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: so it's it's really brought us to this final destination um which we couldn't we couldn't be more grateful for it's we've we've had such great landlords and such great opportunities here to run many of the events that we've done many of the from the art school like who can afford an extra space just to host an art school? Fortunately, our landlords and our plazas is so ridiculously inexpensive, we can do that. You know, it's not something that every retailer has the opportunity to do, to just have, I don't know, what is this, 1,500 square feet just to sit empty? Because we don't do a lot of games. Like, we have yeah. games, and we do games, and we provide it, but it's not the focus of our business. And we understand the core focus of our business is comic books, so we try to stay focused on that. This is just, yep. this is extra. And because we're here... In such an affordable plaza this is what we get you
0: know with the store and, and moving the amount of times that you did did you find that your customers tended to to follow you no. no not at all
2: no moving is bad we will never move from this place unless the building is tore down no generally speaking when you move um you're going to lose a minimum of 20 percent of your base clients just because now it's not a convenient location for them regardless of where you move Um, And that happened. I mean, now, obviously, our first move out of London to Hilliard was a a dramatic move. We still had a few clients, um, but you lose a lot of them when you move. And even just around Hilliard. Oh, well. And if if you look statistically, people only like to travel within like, I think it's six minutes of their house. They don't like to go far. So that six minutes on one side of Hilliard versus the other. Why do you think there's like three McDonald's in Hilliard? three and they are six minutes apart i kid you not so it's 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 literally like people's convenience and the way they travel moving isn't the best option
0: yeah no i I mean i can imagine that being an issue for sure so you've been in this this current location for a while uh jamie you were mentioning you know thinking about uh you know more stores and things like that right what's yeah what sort of long-term plans do you have for pack rat if you're able to share if not that's okay
3: I want more. I want lots of stores. I'll, I want this to be my town and 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 you know my Ohio. So, eventually, I'll have all the stores in Ohio if Teresa lets me.
2: <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. I <laughs> right. I make absolutely limited decisions yep. and I sign checks. That's my job. I
3: I go and I look at places and I just have them all in the back of my mind where I want to open these stores at. So eventually, yeah, we'll we'll have more stores in Ohio. Uh, it's just a matter of of time and when. That I do it.
0: Yeah, on that note, sort yeah, what is sort of the, the balance between you two running the store? Because I, I mean, I'm sure there are other husband and wife teams out there, but I, I haven't come across too many, at least in my travels
3: yeah. so far. Um, so I'm curious what that dynamic is like. I think it's a pretty equal partnership. We, we work really hard and really well together. We, we bounce a lot of ideas off one another. Uh, Teresa does most of all the bookkeeping to make sure I don't, I don't spend all the money on stuff. Uh, especially all the silver age that comes in, I just keep.
2: That's a fact. That we a do fact. not have a silver age section <laughs> because it doesn't go out for sale.
3: <laughs> I have a lot of silver age, by the way, <laughs> it's all mine. Yeah, so I mean, are you guys,
0: I, well, I know the answer to this, I guess, <laughs> but would dis, would describe yourself as collectors as well? Not as, really. Actually, like, not not oh, really, no. I, I do a lot no. of,
3: um, I do like, just, you can't really run a business and collect at the same no, time.
2: Yeah. It's they have to be willing to stuff. part. They it's rainy to- day
3: stuff that I that I collect, but I am oh, willing to part okay. with most of it. Um,
2: but they I, have to be willing to sell it to you for a decent price. Yeah, a
3: decent price because I, I do keep it, um, and I do catch myself every once in a while I I collect artwork, so I'll do pages and stuff like that. So I do collect that, uh, and we do collect uh, uh, Disney memorabilia and stuff like that. So we do collect stuff.
2: But not the stuff in the store. Like we yeah. can—that's the thing. You have to be able to part with it. I can enjoy, you know, I can enjoy the Wonder Woman statue without bringing it home. I can—I right. can enjoy that for the, you know, little bit of time that I see it in a display case in the store, and let somebody else take it home. Because if I kept everything I wanted, I wouldn't have anything for sale. So I think early on you learn that you have to pay your bills. Um, yeah, I think that can be a hard right.
0: lesson to learn for a yep. retailer, and not not all retailers learn it no, unfortunately. Well, and this
2: this hobby, I mean, people don't go into it and say, "I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to I'm going to be rich." It's they get into it because they love the hobby, they have a passion for it, and so not we're not business people we're we're going into this business with the idea of of sharing our passion with everyone and and sharing the things that we love and making everybody's day a little bit brighter for coming in and you know in that in the dark world that we live in you know to come in and and smile over superheroes
3: yeah we opened our store when we were 20 years old so yeah. yeah no education we learned as we went yeah, on-the-job so, training. On-the-job training. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, when Alternate Realities was closing, Steph,
0: we had, like, a kind of a like, legitimately serious conversation about, about buying the store and keeping it open. Do you remember that?
1: You were serious about that? <laughs> 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 we did. We've had, we've had several. I mean, certainly at that time when the closing was coming. But even since then, I so had conversations about, you know, if this is his passion. I, I don't read typically, I pick up a few things here and there, but I'm very into the the characters and the movies and television shows, so I mean, it it really has been serious conversations because it's like, you get to be your own boss. It's something that we love and enjoy and love talking about with each other. And um, I think we would have probably a similar dynamic that you've described as a husband and wife team, um, balancing each other out as well. So you're you're living the dream and you've kept it alive for more than 20 years.
3: We are looking to open up more stores another reason there to come you go to guys
0: <laughs> right
2: <laughs> well help franchise you <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: or you know if we,
2: we do have people it, it is you know you talk about that we have a lot of people that have approached us about franchising the store but we're very protective of our brand you know yeah, we've I spent can, can we, we've that. spent a long time establishing who we are as individuals because it's an extension of us and just to give it up to somebody like is not something we're really comfortable doing. You know, we did make an offer to a friend who was talking about opening and we're like, I think you would be a good fit if, if you want. Now, obviously he went a different way, but that's okay. Um,
3: he went with the same color scheme though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of brand recognition. You know, I think that was part of the success of our Marysville store when Bobby opened that. It was like, oh, it's another pack Rat. We know what it's gonna yeah. be like when we walk in and that's the goal is to make it feel just like when you walk into the Hilliard store. So that's, yeah. that, that's very important to, to us as individuals that it is part of, of who we are.
0: No, I, I can respect that. How far away is the other store?
2: About 25 minutes. Yeah, about
3: 25 minutes, yeah. Okay, cool.
2: Out of that six-minute range. Right, <laughs> yeah. You can put like two more in between here right. and there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think there's anything in between here and there. You know, cornfields. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean,
0: our our conversations, I mean, I don't know that, um, I don't know if owning and running my own store is really what I want to do. I love talking about comic shops. I think, though, what appeals to me most and what I kind of want to touch on next is really the community aspect of it. Um, the reason why I, I do this, the reason why there was a whole season when our store closed was really about the people and the community that formed there. Um, now, obviously, I only got to see a little bit of your store yesterday, you know, on a Thursday as it was closing, although it was, a, again, a steady stream of customers. I was impressed with the, the, the flow, the traffic flow at that <laughs> yeah. point. Um, but so, what is the the community atmosphere like? Like, what's it like
3: here on a Wednesday?
2: Busy. Yeah, um, it's very busy. You know, it, <laughs>
3: there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of conversations um, up at the front window. Uh, they like to gather there in the chairs. Uh, we talk comics and movies, and uh, you know, I think just a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on.
2: The story of when Michael lost his job we had one of our customers lost his job and he came to the store he was very limited in his um circle of friends really it was at the time it was mostly just us and um he came into the store and he would sit on the couch and he ended up developing some friendships with people that he didn't know outside of that and i think that in a nutshell is what comic book stores become is they become a place where you have a passion and you know the person that walks in the door shares a similar passion and you can create that bond just on that whether you like superman or batman whether it's iron man or the hulk you know you know it's still generally that connection that you've got that you're not going to go just by seeing the movie or just by you know going down the the toy aisle or something Um, Being a fan of music you I think you kind of have that too when you go into like music stores But over over the course of the two years that he was unemployed, you know, he ended up developing several Great friendships that he now goes to conventions with and he gets to hang out with these guys and celebrates birthdays and Christmases and he didn't have that before and I think that to me is probably the single greatest success of a comic book store is to connect people With each other, um, because we're all kind of just floating along in our own little world, not realizing who we're missing or or what what we could be contributing to someone else's life. And that right there is that's it. And 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 that's happened more than one occasion. And I hate to use that specific example, but on multiple occasions, you know, we've had people that have lost jobs that have spent time and kind of found their purpose in their way just by coming in um, and visiting and. I yeah, think a lot the lot way
3: people that normally wouldn't hang out with one another.
2: Right. You know, the way we're so outgoing and passionate and just we enjoy it, it it does spread and it becomes contagious and even the people that come in that don't talk will eventually start talking. And they won't just start talking to us, they'll start talking to other people and they make those connections. So they may come in and they'll be quiet and shy and reserved, but then after a couple of visits because we don't like to treat anybody like they're strangers. They're all part of our family. <clears throat> so, you know, they come in and eventually, you know, they've just, within a couple of Wednesdays, they've made new friends and they're like, hey, you know, and they know that they come there at the same time. And so you see them kind of showing up at the same time and excited to see that new friend. And it's it's really, really rather magical. And then it's also, it, it, it makes you feel old when you watch them bring their kids in. And you're like, <laughs> oh, and now your kids are five.
0: No, I I mean, well said. I I mean, I think that definitely is what, You know, can set a comic shop apart from, you know, from any other kind of of retail establishment um, is is the ability to do that. And, um, you know, comic book fans, despite maybe the stereotype of being socially awkward, yeah, maybe that can happen or there can be shyness or whatever. But, you know, in in the right environment and surrounded by the right people, um, it's really amazing. they're They're really not. Yeah. I mean, are you guys typically starting conversations or how does that typically yes, happen? Yes, we start the conversation.
3: Yeah. Selling them books. That's how we do it.
0: Well, it served you well. I mean, um, you're not just any store. You're an Eisner award-winning store. Um, so a couple of years back, you won the Eisner award for the spirit of retailing. Yep. Uh, how does one win that? What What is the, that process?
2: Somebody nominates you um, and then you slam the packet on the ground and you're like, Oh, you rascals. <sighs> Um, we'd been nominated several times and you have a packet that you have to fill out that you have to show and somehow document your knowledge of the industry of retailing. You have to document your community outreach. You have to document so much stuff. And the first time we were nominated, I think the packet ended up being 150 pages, like which, four was, inches thick. which was a bit <laughs> overwhelming, obviously, because they're going through so many nominees. And then you also have to make a five minute video about your store, how it's set up and why it's set up. So there's a lot of little retailing secrets. So nobody will ever see our video because it's full of like little retailing secrets that we don't like to talk about. Um, how we get you to buy things, yeah. you know, Map like, and traffic, to...
3: traffic and stuff like that.
2: Right. So, yeah. um, so you submit that and, and then a, and a panel of judges will look to see and they, they, it's a point system. And if you earn the highest points, you're the winner. And um, we won and it was great. It was the best feeling. I, I think that we'd had in winning an award i don't think we'd ever won an award before
3: no we never won an award before I, the, the first time that we got nominated we went to san diego we were so excited we went to the uh, what is it were they the, the dinner the, the dinner part yeah, we were yeah. sitting there all excited and there was other comic book store retailers that were sitting there all excited too and uh, they, once they, they started, with it, it's the last thing that they, they talk about. They give out the awards. They say, here. And these retailers did all these awesome things. And um, they didn't call our name. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I was crushed, but not as crushed as uh, another comic retailer, which cried and ran out of the room. Um, Wow, it's, it's so, a lot of work it's a lot, it's a work. lot of work it's, it's an
2: honor to be nominated um, absolutely an absolute honor that your customers or someone thinks that you're worth being noticed right. and the more we looked into the 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 process and again like we had been nominated several years in a row the more you know frustrating it was to lose every year you're like yeah. oh wow i thanks for nominating me but i'm i'm losing and i don't want to lose again that's no fun and my ocd is making me submit this information every year. And so you you just keep modifying it a little bit. And um, yeah, and then we won. And it was great. And he, with his t-shirts, it's like, you know, the NCAA championship, he's in here in the morning at one o'clock in the morning, screening these t-shirts, like, winners! We I
3: did had-. not believe we won. You know, no, was, he
2: didn't, he didn't.
3: I had to go to the internet to find there was, out for um, sure.
2: There's a card game, Magic the Gathering, and we had a pre-release, and it was one o'clock in the morning, and I was here that Friday night of when they announced the winner. Like, we weren't even paying attention to whether no. or not we won. And um, I got an email that popped up, somebody had a Twitter notification, and I'm like, I don't do Twitter, what is this? And I clicked on it and it says congratulations for winning the eiser and i'm like what <laughs> so instantly the queens we are the champions started playing nonstop for like two hours in the store at one o'clock in the morning i'm very glad that we had a separate game space so everybody was over here in this space while we were jamming um we are the champions I uh, I call, t-shirts i called jamie at home and i'm like <laughs> we won and he's like What? And he yells at our youngest son, bring me the internet. Like, I swear to God, that's what he said. Bring me the internet because he didn't believe that that was a thing and that might have to
0: be the title of this episode by the way
2: um so i go he i I went home and picked him up and brought him back up he's like i'm making t-shirts and and so we have these eisner award-winning t-shirts that he made because the next day we were doing our not at comic con event and we were just like giving them away so we didn't we were so
3: tired that day
0: oh
2: my gosh it was
0: amazing how exciting that was
2: yeah i mean it's it's, it's like winning a a lifetime achievement award from the oscars or something like that's what it is because you can only win it once Oh, okay. So once you win it, you're, you're one and done. And that, and we're done. So now we're well, you winners. won, and
0: now that stress is removed. You don't right. have to go Absolutely. through that every year.
2: Well, because they send you the packet, the request for documentation during right. free comic book day. Right. So if... Really? So that's for, when they yep, send it? For five years, it. I had for five years I was nominated and I would get the information before free comic book day and I would have to submit it like two weeks after. Two weeks later. So you're talking, putting all this information, what you did last year, creating this video. And it's a five minute video. We have no experience and it would take us a week to record. And when I say a week, I mean like eight hours a day filming ourselves to say the right thing. It got to the point, I think our final submission was footage and I just talked over it yep that was the best like that in front of a camera
0: sometimes that's the most efficient way yep. to yeah. bang it out
2: yeah we, we would be in front of the camera and it would take us three hours to say a sentence and we had friends one year they made the video for us and he's like no you just have to say this I swear to god it took an it like hour three, it was
3: like three lines
2: an hour for us to say three lines <sighs>
3: yeah there's some was, great video after that you know <laughs> losing our minds on these stupid lines <laughs> we're <laughs> not we're not any good at that
2: <laughs> And that's why it amazes me that he does such a great job on the uh, videos. And and all of it's unscripted when he does that. Yeah, it's
3: all unscripted.
0: Yeah, the video, I mean, going back to that, uh, it does fascinate me. Now, again, I didn't have the opportunity to see you behind the counter, Jamie. What, what, which version of you do customers
3: get behind the counter? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, They get me. I guess guess me. It's like Uh, he he reads almost every comic book. Yeah, every single book that comes in. So he can
2: talk to anybody about anything, regardless of what you're interested in. He can find that book that you wouldn't think you would read. Um, We had a gentleman come in after we won the Eisner. Uh, The Dispatch had done a big paper. We were on TV, and um, we had a guy come in. He's like, I wanna, I wanna buy a comic book. You guys are winners. I wanna, I wanna buy a comic, my first comic from a winner. And we're like, Well, what do you like? And he's like, Well, just give me anything. And I'm like but I want to get you something that you're going to read. And, um, my oldest son had walked in and he's like, he started talking to the guy and he's like, Oh, well you need to check out if you like this, you need to check out this. And next thing you know, he's reading all of Ed Brubaker stuff fatale. He's tweeting him online. Like, Hey, thanks to Packrat. They introduced me to this stuff. And, and so that's really what we do is we, we find the books that match the people. And the only way you can do that is if you read them all. And that's literally what he does and and this way it it does get frustrating to read all the negative online about the comics industry but when you read it and you enjoy it and you can share that i think that's why we're so successful
3: i love every single comic i can find you know something in each book that i absolutely love uh there's you know some stuff that's not so great in it, but i don't focus on that stuff i just focus on what i like in a comic Uh, and if i don't like that comic i'm not gonna pitch that comic to you or sell you that comic I had a uh, a uh, creator from Image come in the other day and he had um he comes in a lot and we were talking about comics and he goes the first time I came into the store uh you pitched me my comic book and you pitched it so well that I wanted to buy that comic book from you <laughs> um and that is now the pitch that we use to sell our comic to people so it made me feel really good that way but then you know I felt bad because I didn't realize who I was selling the comic book to, but you know I don't focus on who writes it or who draws it or anything like that. So come to our store, and I won't recognize you creators. So you, can you get go. honest feedback, right? On your, get, on you'll your get book. honest feedback on your books. You know what I really actually think of them, um, but the version you get of Jamie in the store is is, is a high energy Jamie. So he's kind of the, the guy that's on the screen. So that's who you get when you come in. So sorry. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's, I mean, that's why you guys are the Eisner Award winners, <laughs>
0: that when someone comes in and says, I just want any comic because you yeah. won, you know, you take the time to actually find something yeah. that would, yeah. would work for them. I got to say, I've been having such a great time talking with you guys. Um, you know, is there anything, there are a couple other things I want to get to, but is there anything about your store that, um, that you'd particularly like to share, especially if it's something that maybe you don't often get the opportunity to talk about, or that you don't get asked when you do an interview or a panel or something like that?
3: I don't know. I like my entire store. I try and talk about it as much as I can. <laughs> is there any one particular thing that you like? Um,
2: I like that I get to go to work every day with my husband. Yeah, I, I, my don't, I don't like it that you're in the Marysville store now that our son is no. not there as often.
3: <laughs> it is hard to be apart. <laughs>
2: That's why I'm not like, he's, he's, let's grow a big empire. And I'm like, I just want to be with my husband and I can't do <laughs> that. When do you want to grow?
0: That's very sweet. Well, I mean, you know, we work together too. We're in, we're in different buildings, but it's, it's a small campus. So I yeah. mean, we, you know, we're in the, you know, we go to work together too. And we have lunch together. I mean, it's, do you enjoy that, dear?
2: Very much, dear. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll ask the same question in 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. There's, um. We've just been so fortunate. I think um, overall, we've had such great luck. We've we've worked hard.
3: And it wasn't all great luck right away.
2: No, it wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't. But everything led us to here. Yeah, it led us
3: to this point. Like the
2: things that we've learned along the way. Even though, like when we were first evicted from that yeah. space, when he, he's like, "Hey, you're evicted." Immediately, we're like, "Well, what do we learn?" Right. We will always sign a contract. You know, we won't take somebody by the. Yes, your word is is strong but we're still going to sign a contract. So, I mean, and that's something that we've done the entire time is even when things are bad, from one point yeah. of view, we always tend to look at it as as a learning opportunity. We've never been a negative, poor me, I can't believe this happened. We just packed up and moved on and did we're the done. next thing. I mean, that's, and I think that's been the best part because there's so much negativity that could keep you down. Like, we could have easily been like, oh, I guess it's over. We lost our space.
3: I think, yeah, most people just gave up at that time, but... Not us, big dummies. We just kept going. <laughs> kept going.
0: Well, you know, I'm a huge Rocky fan. I, I say you know. Obviously, you wouldn't know. <laughs>
3: the, listeners, know. the listeners
0: know. Um, big Rocky fan. And yeah, it's yeah. all about being able to take the hits and get back up and keep moving forward. And it sounds like that's what you guys have done. If, if I or, or someone else were to come to you and say, I'm thinking of opening my own store, um, aside from you know, yeah, getting everything in writing, is there, <laughs> is there any other advice you would offer to, uh, to retailers who are just starting out? Or, or maybe not, I mean, that is one piece of it, and then also anyone who maybe has been doing this for a while and maybe getting burnt out. Um, any advice for either or both of those groups?
2: Oh, stay out of Ohio. <laughs> it's,
3: it's my Ohio, stay out
2: um i think that one of the big things when getting burnt out because that happens we know we've got free comic book day we do a lot of events throughout the year and we do get exhausted and we you do need to take time off you need to and that's what we're talking about taking a vacation we don't take a lot of vacation time during the year we take one week and we just completely just leave it all like as long as the store doesn't burn down when we're gone whoever's managing it go for it, thumbs up, right. uh, don't message me, I'm not gonna get back to you because this is your problem. You do figure out, <laughs> like, I, to be right. straight up, you need that time to decompress and get away. Um,
3: you have to make that time. Y- yeah. You
2: have to make that time because you, you will get burnt out and it'll show and your you know, relationship with the customers will suffer. So if you're feeling burnt out, step back, take some time away and recharge your energies. And, and if you come back and you're like, this isn't what I wanna do, I, I just don't wanna, because it a, it's a customer service job. If you don't wanna deal with retail and people, then maybe it's time to step away. But if, if you love it and you, you enjoy it, then that break is gonna give you that opportunity to recharge yourself. Um, if you wanna open a store.
3: Don't do it.
2: <laughs> no. In
3: Ohio. No. You can do it, not in Ohio.
2: Um, you know, it's, it's really tough. Um, but you're going to have to have a lot of money today because of the merchandise that goes along with the comic book store anymore. It's not just comic yeah. books and back issues, which was really easy when we opened up, we opened up with $2,000. Yeah, but it was six
3: long boxes of comic books and a personal collection of stuff. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was nothing. But <laughs> How that we was, made it, I have no idea.
2: But that was 25 years ago. That you was. can't do that today. Like no. you need a lot of trade paperbacks. That's yeah. a huge thing yeah and you um, guys
0: are very well stocked
3: yeah
2: yeah you need you need a lot of that you need you just need a mix of everything until you figure out what your clients are going to enjoy, and that's that's what you have to figure out as a new retailer is just because you enjoy it doesn't mean that they're going to enjoy it so there's a lot of that that goes along with with the business itself is like, oh well I don't understand why you enjoy that, but i'll listen to you talk about your passion I, i'm not Transformers I can watch the movies I remember the cartoons but I couldn't tell you the names of all of the Transformers but I'll sit there and listen to somebody go on about it and and be excited about it and that's and that's what you have to do as as a retailer
3: yeah we had a friend of ours open up a store here the last couple of months it opened up with $20,000 and I thought to myself what are you gonna buy with just $20,000 <laughs> good luck
2: It it takes a lot Um, more money It takes a
3: lot of money to open up a store. Um, So if anybody out there is thinking about doing it, open up with a lot of capital. Try and go to a bank and get a loan. They might laugh at you, but, you know, times have changed. They may not laugh at you now. Don't open up thinking you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, Open up with the passion that you like to sell comic books and you love the industry. So it's a it's a hard industry, but it is a uh, very fun industry, and you know you'll love it.
0: I mean, speaking of the industry, and I guess you know, pack rats' place in that. You know, we talked about delinquent customers. Any other particular challenges that you guys feel are, are you know facing retailers, perhaps even more so now than than before?
2: I think the constant relaunching of lines yeah. by Marvel hurts them and prevents long-term loyalty. So we've had to find other books. I think the Aftershock series was a great one as people were burnt out on Marvel when they did a relaunch. Aftershock came out with some great stuff. valiant got some great stuff. Image has some great stuff. So there's a lot of that you have to be willing to read outside of the main two publishers to fill that void when everybody's burned out with the big two I mean that's and that's that's the key is you can't just stay reading what your favorite is because sometimes you know they don't write good stories or they don't draw them well and you just don't want to read it so by being that resource to your uh, readers they know and they can trust your your judgment and I think everybody trusts Jamie I mean they're like oh you know I like this so what do you recommend I read and and he'll tell them and they're They've never been disappointed. I can't think of yeah. a single time anybody's come in and have been like, oh. "This book was stupid."
3: No, it doesn't happen. I mean, it seems like most of these
0: customer interactions are, are positive. I am. Imma- I mean, again, having spent a lot of time at a store, I imagine there might be some pet peeves that that you experience as retailers. Are, are there any, or any that you'd be willing to share?
3: Mm-hmm. Just not picking up your books. That's, uh, that's that's a big one. That's a big one for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't understand. And, and, when you came in we're in a weird plaza like there's no reason to come to this plaza no. i don't understand how people just come in and be like oh i'm just i'm just looking around uh, the browsers. You, you, you came the browsers. here for something how do you leave without getting something you you walked into the store you went out of your way to get here i'm not next to a kroger's i'm not next to any any big movie theater i'm tucked away hidden you had to get here. you drove here you got out of your car and walked into the store and you have no desire for anything in here, like that. That boggles my mind, how you can just wander and not find anything that's really fun and really cool in the store.
3: I think at our Marysville store, the biggest thing for me is because we're we're next, we're downtown, and we're next to uh, a Mexican restaurant, and we get people in all day long that just. The the worst thing for me is when they walk through the door and they tell their kids, "We're not buying nothing," and then they walk around for 35 minutes and then ask 10,000 questions on remote control cars or spinners or things you, they know you don't have. Um, And then, then they leave and you just, you feel awful that this crushes you inside. But then you get the next person that comes through that enjoys comics or has never read a comic in their life that comes through and you can, you can, throw your passion at them and then get them to buy comics and start in the industry there. So it's I a love-hate th- with me out in Marysville with, with some of that stuff.
2: I think as much as people think the movies have brought a lot of people to comic book stores, um, while they have to some degree, I think the biggest media thing out there that has that brought more consumers to the store is a show that I absolutely despise, <laughs> Big Bang Theory. <laughs> you laugh.
0: <laughs> that's interesting.
2: But because they've put a comic book store on primetime television, that's a neat place to go now. I'm going to go to the comic book store. No other movie or television show has done more to bring in customers than Big Bang Theory. And as much as I hate the question, do you make a dollar 82 an hour? Do you live in your basement? You know, do you still live at home with your mom and dad? No. Yes,
3: please buy some comics so I can move out of my family. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
3: what um, I go with. That's a good answer, yeah.
2: <laughs> but no, it, it's... And I'm not a fan of the show at all. I wish I could enjoy it because they're laughing at the things that I love versus laughing with them.
0: No, that's an interesting point. I mean, you know, we do watch. I mean, we've watched for you know all, all these 10 seasons. And, you know, we enjoy the show, but... Um, yeah, certainly on, on the comic book front and all the, all the pop culture, you know, the pieces of it, you know, the comic book fans that we see on that show are the stereotype that mm-hmm. they just continue to perpetuate. Um, and yeah, there are certainly plenty of references. So like if you're a fan of all of this stuff, it's like, oh, I know what they're talking about. But yeah, it never quite feels like it's coming from a, a place of love. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's no. like, you know, they, they know where they're going to get their laughs and I think right. that's it.
1: And I especially take issue, and we've discussed this before, of Penny always being so mean, to put it plainly, I mean, really mean to her husband um, for those same reasons. And it's just crushing. It's like, what? And it's gotten worse, I think, over the seasons, where I think maybe the show started as a loving comedy of this this community that a lot of people didn't, that wasn't necessarily mainstream and people didn't know about. But it's, I think, yes, increasingly become more of a mainstream show that pokes fun at this culture and their their relationships that mocks and
0: insults so, and right.
2: belittles those that have that passion
0: yeah like like Penny does it all the time I agree and we've become increasingly frustrated with mm-hmm. her I don't, she doesn't bring as much to the table as she thinks she does yes it does. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, but yeah know.
2: regardless 10 seasons has brought it. Yes. interest into the industry.
0: Well, we've, we've gotten to that point where it's just about opening time. So I, I, I will let you guys go. But before I do, anything else that you would like to say? Uh, and in particular, any particularly memorable uh, customer interactions or, or stories that come to mind?
3: We have had customers that are have been with us the entire time. And that's very exciting. You know, like, like Robert is one of our customers that's been with us for at least what, 24 years. He's here every week. So I just... appreciate every customer that comes through the door and stays with us do you socialize outside of the store
0: or is it mainly confined to pack rat with Uh, with your customers we
3: socialize outside the
0: store yeah that's nice yeah well i mean on that note of community i mean that's what this is all about and i thank you so much for welcoming us and listeners to the pack rat community uh it's really been a pleasure uh speaking with you thank you so much
2: thank you for having us you're welcome thank you
0: no my pleasure so thank you to teresa jamie and of course stephanie and thank you to uh, everyone who tuned in for this episode. Please keep listening, and don't be a flat squirrel. Aww. Thank you again for listening. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to head on over to iTunes and subscribe to My Comic Shop History. While you're there, please also subscribe to my other podcast series, Flat Squirrel Tales, Beyond My Comic Shop. Flat Squirrel Tales is all new next week with a discussion of the new Power Rangers movie, so you don't want to miss it be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Desi Westside, like the My Comic Shop History page on Facebook, and sign up for the Flat Squirrel newsletter at flatsquirrelproductions.com. I really do appreciate it. Remember, hesitation kills.